You're listening to the Black Eagles podcast with Sinan Schwarting and Khan Bayazid. Welcome back, everybody. Besiktas International's The Black Eagles podcast is back, believe it or not, uh, for episode 94. And I am, of course, Sinan Schwarting, live from New York City, as always. And with me, again, I think we're three, four in a row. This is quite a row. Come by Azit, everybody. Coming in from Belgium. How you doing? Sir? I feel like such a such a fraud. We we promised people to record every Friday, and that's twice now that we failed to do so. I know, I know. <laughs> but We're it's, really it's, it's 100 on me this time because uh, yeah, Kim was uh, working. Uh, well, actually, no, she wasn't working late. She has a had a had a had a girls' night. She had a girls' night girls with night. her colleagues on on Friday, so I, I had to watch Aiden and. Uh, I had put them to bed, and uh, you know, you know how kids are—they want to sleep with their parents uh, when they're like four or five years old. So it's like, I want to sleep with you, buddy. And uh, we're all, we're in the bed, and I'm like, hot, you know, almost asleep. I'm like, oh shh, I had to do the podcast today, which I forgot. No problem. No, honestly, uh, I was doing my like second Thanksgiving. Um, I. That, you know, of all the, I'm not really like a very festive guy as far as holidays go. Oh man, my cuckoo clock is making noise. Um, I'm typically not particularly festive about holidays, I mean, honestly. But Thanksgiving is one. I just love the food, on the meal itself, the whole thing, the turkey, the mashed potatoes, the stuffing, the Brussels sprouts. Even I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. That's my hot take. I like Brussels sprouts with gravy, though. You know, you gotta have gravy. Um, anyway. I'm a big fan of that. So I had I had a second Thanksgiving that day. So, I mean, I thought I, I, I could have been home in time to record, if you're gonna be honest, but uh, I, I didn't mind getting, being able to stay longer and eat more of the Thanksgiving meal. Uh, so yeah, you're, you're excused, Khan, on my end. I don't know about the listeners. <laughs> I don't know how they feel about it. But, oh yeah, I'm sure. Uh, but we do have a lot to talk about. Yeah, we do. Three games and believe it or not, three. Hell, uh, W's. I was gonna say L's. Yeah, three in a row, and, and that's even talking about. Yeah, you read it as like three L's because they're so used to it. Um, but no, yeah, three W's, and and including one in Europe, like against all the odds, you know, going all the way into like the second half. Even I, you, you'd expect us not to, to do that well into the second half. But anyway, yeah, let's let's talk football, and I, I actually like how we did this last time where we didn't go into chronological order, but we kind of focused on competitions. Let's get the one out of the way that people are less psyched about probably mm-hmm. at the moment. Let's talk Let's talk Europa League. Yeah. Let's talk Bratislava and Slovan. Mm-hmm. Um, we are recording live on the day of the match. We actually pushed the podcast episode a little bit back because we were so close to today's match day. But so today is the day that we're recording. I mean, maybe not when you're listening. And uh, we're coming fresh off a match against Thai City Sport, but I don't want to go into that yet. Let's, like, as I said, talk Europa League. 
Let's talk Slovan Bratislava. Let's talk football. Um, this lineup was a big change um, because we were going into the Europa League, which we'd mostly already come out of, like lost. We were done. Um, so Tyler Boyd finally got some run, I guess. Uh, Ozan also got some burn out there, which was nice. Uh, Nejip Oysel started on the right side. Gokhan Gunnar had... Uh, was he being rested or was he... Um, I think he was being rested mainly, yeah. I would assume so. I mean, it was an unimportant match. Of all the guys, he's one of them who'd need rest alongside, like, Burak, who was also rested as Umut Nair started up front. Um, a nice change. Again, Enzo Rocco came in, showing us again that maybe he's the third central defender option over Nejip, hopefully. Pointing up into the sky here with prayers, although I'm not particularly religious. At, at, this, at um, this point, I think we can safely say that is the case. It looks like it, yeah, and we'll, <clears throat> we have some more evidence to back that even, but yes. Uh, and he played again fairly solidly. I don't think really stood out with any errors, so uh, yeah, hopefully that's the case. Uh, John Eyre started on the left side uh, of the midfield uh, with Hlebosho, um on the left side of the defense again. But so, uh, yeah, the only real starter out there in his natural position was maybe Ulubosho in that sense, alongside El Neni, who I guess is now a big part of it, and Vida and Karius. Uh, I don't know if Diaby's officially in there in that sort of. I think, he, yeah, role. well, I think he's uh, our go to uh, right winger at the moment. It's, yeah, so this game he started behind the striker which i think is maybe more ideal for him positionally but anyway that was the lineup in the slovan bratislava match let's talk about what happened khan uh do you remember how, how did you feel about that match generally speaking um well left it obviously with a really positive feeling due to the ending um yeah we won <laughs> it, it kind of felt like because we are obviously we were, we've been going on a, on a good run of form in the league, uh, and it kind of felt like it was uh, back to square one when we conceded that goal. It kind of felt like the early days yeah. of the season again when we conceded. Everything fell flat. And so what what Khan is talking about is in the 35th minute, uh, Danielle uh, struck uh, on an assist from Morlaki. Um, I don't know if I need to go into details. Eric Daniel uh, is a Czech midfielder for them. Um, you know, early in the match, actually, relatively early, 30, 35th minute. So things were not looking particularly good <laughs> right off the bat. And it was a, it, we fell to earth there and it didn't look good. Where, how did we turn this thing around? Well, honestly, at first, I think uh, it was kind of against a run of play, really. Um... That was their first real attack, I think. Uh, well, I think they had one really early in the match, maybe, but like it wasn't like dangerous or anything. But that was like their first opportunity, really, and they immediately scored. Which is why I think it was so painful because it really feel it felt like so much of what we'd seen yeah. previously in the season. In that we were kind of, oh, we have lots of possession. We're sort of dancing around their box. Look at us, mm -hmm. you know. And then boom, they have one chance, one goal, and so. All for not, right? Like, what was the point of any of that? Uh, it was a waste of a half. Yeah, plus, uh, you know, but with the difficulties we've had scoring goals, um, you know, and I, I kind of felt like 
I went into this match thinking, look, we're gonna win this. We, we, and I have been saying this for weeks. Like, we'll at least get three points at home against Slova Bratislava. I was, I've been wholly convinced of that ever. You know, for for, for yeah, because I just feel like kind of we lost there on a fluke. Um, for, we were also on a fluke. Plus, we had a lot of injuries at the time. We were definitely not be able to field our best team, uh, and that's kind of been the case throughout this 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 Europa Europa League campaign uh, and throughout our season, really, and until recently. Um, but I really felt confident that we were going to end up winning this match. And then when that goal went in, it kind of felt like I wasn't expecting them to to even. <laughs> score uh let alone take the lead uh but i think we re- reacted pretty well in the second half um i was yeah, a little well and so yeah go ahead sorry i was gonna say so the subs were consequential although i don't know i don't want to overstress one aspect of it but um so on the one side adem liayic came into the match for Globoshop, sending janair back mm-hmm and on the other side, uh, Nkudu came in for Tyler Boyd. And of course, no doubt Nkudu uh, was very impactful. And I think he will we'll obviously talk about his impact on the Kaiser Sport match. But he no doubt has that kind of immediate impact now already, which is great. I, mean, I, I, I don't think that we have to... Uh, in order to praise Nkudu, we have to shoot down Tyler Boyd. And in this case, I, I was particularly disappointed that Tyler Boyd had been taken out. Yeah, me too. He was not the reason we were down a goal. Nope. Um, the the Liayev sub, I got, I got that one. You know, I've been pretty critical of, of Abdul Abshi's subs generally. Um, but I get bringing in Adam Liayev when you need a spark up front. You're down a goal. I think what he wanted to do in hindsight uh, is uh, shift to his ideal uh, tree. Uh, behind the striker, obviously his uh, his ideal four up top would be Burak, Nkudu, Laich, and Diaby right now. That's his ideal mm-hmm. four at the moment. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he's not gonna. I, I think he wasn't gonna risk Burak. I don't even. I'm not even sure if he was on the bench. But he basically shifted to his ideal three behind the striker at least, um, which is understandable um, because you could tell that despite him resting quite a few players there was a really big desire from within the team uh to win this match that was yeah. very tangible in the second half and i thought especially. that it was most marked in uh adam liaj's play yeah he really showed Leich, desire uh, nkudu i mean nkudu i'm really growing into being a fan of his because uh, I think he still has lots of aspects to improve of his game, but he you can tell that he gives it everything. Um, and he enjoys playing for the club. You can see that. Yeah. Uh, especially tonight. Increasingly, yeah. yeah but, especially as we start to play well. But I think you could see you could have seen it from the moment he arrived. He was like going, you know, walking around in Besiktas, taking smile. pictures yeah. with people, being super happy. He just I think it was just a good fit for him. I think the club is a good fit for him. Now, I think Nkudu has a lot of ability. Uh, he's cr- definitely our best pure winger at the moment. But there's a, lo- a lot still left to improve for him. But he's recently gotten he's a still? score sheet against the Nisley Sport. And here, uh, he gets a really good assist, I feel. Yeah, good setup. Yeah, perfect. Uh, yeah, in the 70, 75th minute, excuse me, 
Uh, Enzo Rocco, actually, finally yeah. got one. Put it away on a nice little assist from, as you said, Nkudu. And yeah, I mean, what excites me about Nkudu, A, that we're talking about Nkudu, who is the one guy who we've really committed our money to. Mm -hmm. So that, that aligns perfectly <laughs> yeah. as far as... Uh, that whole, you know, it's, it's a good thing we don't have to, to yeah, it's not like force ourselves who, to like that move. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's not like El Nenny who were like, oh yeah, he's really contributing at the moment, and he's a he's a good player. Um, but what are we gonna do in the oh, summer? No way you know? Him, <laughs> well, I yeah, and there's actually some news, right? That supposedly we might extend his loan or, or drop his price, and Arsenal are very willing to offload. So you know, th there's some rumors in that regard, but. I haven't really been keeping up with the rumors, but I could see us extend this loan. I mean, it all depends a little bit on what the market is for him in the summer. Uh, I think that's yeah. also why Arsenal put such a high buyout clause in his contract. I don't think anyone... So they have that flexibility. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't right. think anyone's going to be willing to pay 80 million euros for Mohamed El Nini. Uh, in no the way. summer, I, I can't. Ju I just can't see that. I don't think that there's maybe you know a Premier League team that promotes, but I I just don't think that 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 he'd be their first choice. Um, so I just think that's a kind of a safety precaution for Arsenal, where they're like, you know, if yeah, you really exactly. really want him, you can have him for 18. Otherwise, come back to us uh, like a little bit further into the window, uh, maybe once the exactly. the Premier League window is shut, and then we can talk about a cheaper deal or something. You know, that's how I see this right now. But uh, give them give them bargaining yeah. power. I, I've, no, I've I seen the comparison agree. been made to 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 Anderson Talishka. I, I think that's an absurd uh, comparison. I, I don't think that we'll be in a position in the summer where we will want to uh, pay 18 million euros if we could for for Eleni. I, I don't think that'll ever be the case. Uh, whereas I think if we could have paid 25 for Talishka, I think we we all would have pulled that trigger instantly. Uh, I just don't think that Eleni is that caliber of a player not putting him down. I think he's an excellent player and I think he's a, a very um, important cog in the machine right now. I agree. Um, it's that's Yeah, that would be a really weird comparison, honestly. Because, yeah, the, A, the prices are so drastically different. But, well, actually, you know, well, I just mean, remember, Talishka, by the end, we're talking, what, like 30 million, right? Like uh, 23? No, his initial buyout clause for us was 25, but we paid two and a half each year. So it was 20 million for us in the, the final year to buy him outright. So actually, That's it's right. very comparable. Oh, okay. Well, uh, but yeah, nonetheless, I mean, I, I just think also age-wise, everything else, yeah. as far as um, his sort of general value, I, there's no doubt that he if he gets sold to somebody else it's not going to be for 18 million talishka was um, worth that money uh, el nini is is well i mean it yeah, depends no, like i think that was just that was just an aggressive for move us to, to keep bargaining power i think on there yeah, yeah, yeah. and i think we were just like whatever we need this guy and it turns out we really do because he has been i would argue fairly exceptional one of our better more consistent players uh, for the last few yeah. years, especially in this ascendant good, good player, period. Um, but thus far, I feel like he's good, but he hasn't, like, I don't feel like he's made himself irreplaceable or anything like that. Nowhere near. But I think he's been good, definitely. I mean, but, I mean, he'd be worth a negotiated price. Or yeah, yeah. Loan. I mean, if we could get him for five or so, uh, if we could afford yeah. that, I, that, that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, if we get the Champions League after winning a title, oh yeah. <laughs> um, another another bit of good news also in the, on that front is that Loris Carius supposedly we're uh, sort of 
extending it. We're going to buy him, but extend that out. There are rumors. Uh, mm. uh, whatever. I mean, we'll see. I don't, it'll require him wanting to. January will be here quick enough to talk about all these uh, rumors. Uh, so let's let's focus on the matches. <laughs> fair, fair point. Yeah, but so I just wanted that out there while we were talking about negotiations and stuff. But yeah, so one to one at this point, Enzo Dorco put it away with a great assist from Unkudu, which is where this started. Uh, couple yellow cards i think uh nejip uh well john air i think as well gokhan gonu yeah rare, some rare, substitutes rare yellow oh, guben yalchen came in for ozan uh and then whatever two minutes into extra time on a penalty adem liayic yeah put the game away yeah and uh that was like the third or fourth yeah, third or fourth big penalty shout, I think, uh, and the referee yeah. just couldn't. He couldn't. I, I don't know. I I kind of felt like he felt pressured a little bit into making the call because honestly, uh, the the previous penalty shouts to me. I know you disagree, and I know um, <laughs> almost all Besiktas fans will disagree. But honestly, up until that point, I I really didn't feel like any of the the shouts warranted the penalty. There was like this header from El Nini that went against uh, a guy's arm, but that was so sh close range, and the arm wasn't really in an unnatural position. I felt that was like a really cheap shout for a penalty. Uh, and then there's the other in El Nini position where he... Uh, I just felt like he lifted his heels. And yeah, sure, there, there was clear contact, but I don't feel like contact alone warrants a penalty. I think... Uh, that he, that if anything, El Nenny is looking for the contact there, and for, to me that just wasn't a penalty either. Uh, despite the fact that everyone seems to disagree with me on that, uh, from Bishdesh uh, fans at least. So what what I thought I thought you had missed. So there was he flares out his leg, but I, before that there was contact higher up on his leg. Which was actually, I thought, forceful enough to, to impede him and give him the penalty. But I think that uh, El Nenny just doesn't even attempt to go past him. He just, he, he deliberately throws himself into the guy, I think. So, and again, I think this is because he's been fouled and he's bringing attention to it at that point. Mm -hmm. But whatever, it's disputable. Nonetheless, Maybe, we got it. I, I really didn't feel it was worth a penalty. Uh, the one in the end, I, I, I did think that was actually a penalty. Uh, despite the fact that, again, I think that Diaby is doing uh, what what most players do when they're going in between two guys and they know that they're not going to get through it with, with the ball, go down, you know, willingly. But I think, you know, he does get hooked, so it's, it's a penalty. Uh, but I think the most important part, not so much that we get that win on the penalty, is just that, that last 15 or so minutes we really piled on the pressure. And it wasn't just penalty shouts. We, we got... Clear goal scoring opportunities. Uh, Umuts hit the bar, uh, missed a one on one opportunity with the goalkeeper. Guven missed a one on one opportunity with the goalkeeper. Um, we just developed such a relenting pressure. I really felt that uh, Nkudu was doing his part there, but uh, Adam Leitch uh, was also very um, involved and, and, and just piling on that pressure. And I just really like the fact that. 
you could see, you could tell that it really meant a lot to the players to win this match for the fans, uh, even though they didn't yeah. uh, turn out in groves. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah. You know, it was it, a small, and, and in that regard, it was a small out, small attendance, but a loud one. Mm-hmm. Um, so they they uh, they made up for their paltry numbers uh, with <laughs> with some good good volume. Yeah. But yeah, no, I I I fully agree. I thought it was great to see. You know, with all the talk of players not getting paid and um, kind of larger problems, I think for the that, moment that are mysterious that we don't know so much about. Uh, but so, despite through through that, it's great to see a unit come together, clearly trying to win. Even if just for the sake of winning, is that's good. But you know, I think with the fans in mind, knowing that this competition has been largely a disappointment. But, yeah, you know, as we've said on a games, few occasions... I think they really wanted to rectify a little bit. Because, you know, I mean, we, we did lose four ma- games, but... I, th- I was going to say... Four, we could have been top of this group if, if things had just gone a little bit more away. We had terrible luck. Terrible yeah. referee decisions. You know, mm. kind of late game collapses through, you know, despite largely good matches, good performances. No, it's it's been a a weird European campaign. It, and, and I think it's... In a weird way, because of our general struggles, mm-hmm. uh, it's been easier for us to stomach. But I think in a regular year, you know, if we'd been doing better in the in the league and you know playing as well as we often did in those European matches in the league, mm-hmm. and you know, I think we would probably feel much more aggrieved by what what was going on. I, I still feel, uh, I mean, just uh, the referee decisions that we had to swallow against Braga in particular in those two games. I just feel like like that's really like everyone I think knows that listens to either this show regularly or listens to the Football Africa show regularly knows I'm a huge fan or huge, huge, or how does he say it? Uh, huge, 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 huge fan. I'm a huge, I have huge hands and I am a huge fan of the Europa League. I, I prefer the Europa League to the Champions League in terms of the feel of it actually being a European club competition, not just uh, a, a gentleman's club of the top four leagues or top five leagues in, in I Europe. I love the Europa League too. In fact, I yeah. sometimes... Well, no, I mean, Champions League is fantastic. Champions League is is, (laughs) is money. Uh, Obviously, I want my team to play Champions League. But when it comes to... I I just... just, There's a charm that the Europa League has that the Champions League has lost. Uh, The Champions League used to have that, but it's... No, and the Europa League still pulls up these wild cards, you know? And it's childish to ever say... This is the year we're gonna win the Europa League. No, there's still a depth of quality. <laughs> so many factors, league. yeah. You know, and there's still, but you know, but there's really a depth. Like you're, you're, you're gonna come up against a side like uh, Mönchengladbach or, yeah. uh, you know, Atletico Madrid. Even you know, you really never know who you could pull in that yeah. competition. Sevilla, whatever it might be. Um, Chelsea, Manchester United. Exactly, especially now, yeah, with 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 the Premier League kind of in disarray. You never know. Arsenal, right? Uh, I don't know. That might be okay these days. <laughs> um, you know, it, it it's a charming competition, and it still gives you that sense of wonder and like we might have a shot at this. You know, of course, but, it's not a realistic shot, but but um, that level of officiating, oh my god! And you know what? We've had our, our share of, of terrible officiating in the Champions League too, with with Craig Thompson. Um, oof, but. Don't. At least, in the, at least in the Champions League, uh, 
uh, you know, it's it's like it happens, but it's not every game. But it just feels like in this competition so far, it's been almost yeah. every single like uh, four three out, out of four. Of, or three out of five matches now, we've had terrible referee. Uh, honestly, yeah. I mean, against I mean, Slovan Bratislava, four, yeah. the, 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 the referee against Slovan Bratislava in Bratislava was terrible. Mm-hmm. Not just against us, but also against Bratislava. You know, we've talked about it before. Carrier should have gotten sent off early in the match. It's a huge mistake by, huge mistake by, huge. Uh, by that ref. But then, of course, uh, how that match ends with, with, uh, with that goal. They scored a 3 2, where uh, I think uh, Andras Pora just kicks Rebocho in the face with a mm-hmm. dangerous high boot, and he actually gives a corner. They score from that. You know, I mean, and then uh, the Braga games are the most egregious. They're like the most clear. I mean, such a clear offside on their winning goal. Um, uh, was there like a penalty there too for I, us? There we go back and listen to this episode, folks, if you want. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. definitely, I think, yeah, we've, we've been aggrieved in almost every match. But so, actually, Khan, this is a nice way to tie up this match. This is especially why, even if I didn't feel the El Neni thing was a penalty, and I, and I do, <laughs> um, or, the, or the actual penalty that was called, even if it was a garbage call that we were just on the right side of, I still wouldn't feel bad, because we have been so screwed over so many times. <laughs> But I'll take what I can get, uh, and so yeah, yeah. It's not about feeling bad. I, it's just that I think you know. I mean, I, I just, I, I'm not gonna think it's a penalty just because it's us who gets it. If it's a penalty, no, it's a penalty. If it's not, it's not. You know. And I didn't feel like the any position was a penalty, and I just feel like a lot of people. Uh, the Bishdish fans are like, oh, a Stonewall penalty. But then if that would happen against us, I feel like they're they would. Sound I still say, I, like, I can imagine the tackle that I saw, like the, the on anyone, the contact on the upper leg, and I just imagine Nejip doing that and being like, God, did it again. <laughs> um, sorry, I have to beat myself. Yeah. But anyway, but so that's how it ended, two to one, and we have three points in the Europa League, everybody. It's still yeah, one yeah. match to go. And Wolves are already qualified. I could see them feel the C team now. We're obviously gonna do the same. Oh yeah, uh, but, we are big time. Who knows? Maybe they'll be so sh- they can't score a goal and it'll be like a draw, or we get a, a fluke win or something. I don't know, but I think there still is an opportunity for us to maybe get something if Wolves don't take it serious, uh, because obviously we're not gonna take it serious, so we're gonna feel like a B team. Um, but it would be fun if we could end the group with four points, maybe six points. Who, you know, just for the coefficients to at least not uh, have an absolutely horrendous dog year in terms of coefficients. Um, and just, yeah, so by the way, on a scheduling note, since uh, we're kind of wrapping up Europa League talk here, I should mention we are not playing against Wolverhampton this coming week, um, <laughs> which we kind of normally would schedule, scheduling-wise, but it's because we're playing in the Turkish Cup, our triumphant return, playing against <laughs> 24 Erzincan Spor, yeah. uh, which would be, a, I think, a great opportunity to see some kids. Uh, then we're going to play Kasim Pasha in the league on Sunday, and then uh, the, the following Thursday, on the 12th of uh, December, we're going to play Wolverhampton. So, yeah, that's the schedule and breakdown of the Europa League. But That's the final match in Europe for us for this year and uh, for this season, obviously. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. Uh, yeah, there's no way that it's not the final match of the season for us. Yeah. Um, 
Anything else? Let's to move say? to the, no. Let's uh, let's let's get into the only thing that really still matters for us, and that's the the Turkish champ, uh, the Turkish Super League, the league. And so let's um, back to the. Well, it's not really back to the future, is it? Back to the past. <laughs> um, let's go back a little ways and let's talk Konyaspor. And now, this was uh, a hard game to watch. If we're yeah. gonna be 100% oh. honest, oh. but. Yeah. It was a game in Konya, which mm -hmm. is a tough place to Where go. Where we haven't won since 2014. And for anybody, man, come on. In, in 2019 Turkish Super League, that's a tough away opponent. We yep. came away with three points, winning the match 1-0 on a Burak Yilmaz 71st minute strike. I mean, a nice one, I will say. Yeah. Great, um, great. Um, I, I didn't think he had it in him. Uh, yeah, because it was a pretty poor match all around. I had been trashing him, I think, for much of the match. And so when he finally scored, it was one of those like, oh, I'll take it. Even though I have to kind of stick my foot in my mouth. I you just know it with Burak. The you know, I, I mean, I even literally said, I mean, uh, I, I just can't see Burak score tonight anymore. Somewhere in the second half. And then a little mm -hmm. bit later, he did. And, you know, it's, it's one of those instances where I'm very happy to, be, you know, I'm rather wrong and happy than uh, right and unhappy, you know what I mean? That's so, right. um, no, I mean, and it's just one of those things with Burak, you know, he's, he's, of course, coming back from injury. He's been out. He missed the entire training camp. He missed a lot of games. Um, it, it, it took him, oh, it, it's going to take him a while at his age to pick up a form again. Uh, but he's getting there. Um, you know, last week, his, perform his performance in the international break for Turkey against Iceland was very... Uh, hope inspiring uh, despite not getting on the score sheet he I think a lot of people f uh, called him man of the match there uh, and then now uh, here getting that a very important goal a winning goal in Konya which isn't just uh, an important goal for the team but I think also a very important goal for him uh, because at the end of the day uh, a striker like Burak uh, lives and breeds and survives on his goals the goals he scores and uh yeah, I mean, he got his uh, all-important goal from open play because up until that point, he had only scored penalties, and I think that that, that does have at the back of his back of his head. I think it's a little bit of a nagging feeling for him. So I think that goal hopefully is a turning point for him, and if he can stay fit, I, I could see him being his launching pad for the rest of the season. Well, and here, this is this is this is back to the future. Now, I can, so we were just talking about the future from this moment in the past, which was um, the Bratislava match and how Nkudu obviously came and had a good performance there. Uh, again, though, in this match, in the 59th minute, Nkudu came into the match and in the 71st minute, Burak scored. And I felt like, again, uh, he had a very positive impact. Yeah, definitely. Uh, same thing against the Nizli Sport when he came on and scored the winner. Um, yeah, just Nkudu coming off the bench, impact, and he just, he immediately adds something to the team. Um, he immediately just, yeah, he's, he's a superior quality player uh, that's immediately always weighing on the, def on, on, on the opposition and making things difficult for them. Even if he's not directly involved in the goal, he is going to, uh, you know, weigh them down and uh, create space for other players. He does, uh, which, and that's, that's the perfect description. He creates space because he gives access to the entire plank. You can almost kick the ball anywhere ahead on his side. And he and stretches kind of, the opponent. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. He he pulls out 
the whole defensive line in a certain direction. It's like pinching it on Photoshop, you know? Um, no, it's, it's, uh... I'm not a Photoshopper, but I'll take your word for it. Yeah, you can, you know, just imagine, or you can pinch a corner of an image and stretch it in a certain direction, right? You take, take to the back line and, and you, you know, it, it pulls, it pulls everyone out of position a bit because everyone's compensating to his side. Um, yeah, no, Nkudu is a, just, I can't, it's it's great again that he's the guy that we've committed the money to and who's with us long term no matter what you we, know? we have to say though we escaped here because obviously konya spore within the first i think 60 or so seconds they score and their goal gets disallowed for offside now i thought it was a correct call however on the football Circa podcast we all have our say on it and honestly the the majority said uh, that they thought it was a wrong call uh, uh, i i personally i felt like he did like the player that was in offside position i think he did genuinely um obscure Carius's vision and distract him mm-hmm. i'm not saying that he necessarily uh made it impossible for him to see the shot, I don't think that's the case, but what I do think is that he expected a cross. And I think that's what you, you can see it in the movement he makes. Because he's kind of more like going towards, uh, bl- try, you know, like trying to go and block a tap in rather than mm-hmm. go for an actual save attempt. So I really do think it, it, it influenced him. Uh, and I think it was a correct decision. But uh, in a non VAR era, that goal would have stood and we would have been 1-0 down after no 60 or so seconds in Konya. And I think we're looking then at uh, uh, definitely a loss of points, if not a loss in general. Yeah, so, credit, By um, the way, credit yeah. to Loris Karius there. He brought attention to that immediately. And I yeah. I didn't see it, obviously, at first. And then he's kind of flailing, flailing his arms. Um, and then it sort of prompted me to pay more attention on the replay. And I was like, oh, yeah, wait a minute. What that, what's that guy doing there? But so, uh, yeah. It's, it's funny, though. Apart from that... Uh, I I thought our defense was amazing. Fida mm-hmm. uh, was well, and so I didn't talk about so the formation great. on the back line. We had Victor Ruiz back in this match with uh, with Vida Gokan Gonul where he belongs on the right side and Robocho on the left. And yeah, that unit has really uh, that's the unit, right? That's what we're that's what we want. I, yeah, and I just feel like like Vida is just leading that back line so well. Mm-hmm. Him and Karius just. And also, and again, time. credit to El Neni and Atiba as that pairing. Unlikely. I would never have imagined that being a pairing I would enjoy in any way. But they're, they're, they complement each other. I think it helps other. when you have a guy like Nkudu as well who just mm. creates so much movement and that you maybe you lead a little bit less of it in midfield. Yeah, and your passing doesn't need to be that refined because you can really just huck it up on, uh, anywhere yeah. on that left side and Nkudu is going to get to it, which is just an amazing. I mean, he's... Yeah, you don't, oh, you don't even have to do that. You just give him the ball. He taps it past his man. He just runs and he beats his man nine out of ten times. I just love this guy, man. Um, it should be noted, though. Yeah, he didn't start in the match. Uh, I think he was still recovering. But so Janair started on the left side as well. But this time we had Burak up front, Adem Liaic behind him, and Diaby on the right wing. Which, as you said, is minus Janair. I think you want Nkudu there. But yeah, that's three quarters of the the preferred top four that that abdulabji wants but so yeah uh there there it was i mean do you have anything else to say about the konya match before we 
sort of um, on? No, I just really wanted to highlight that goal that we really did escape there. Uh, kind of crawled through the eye of the needle. Um, apart from that, I really felt like it, if you just ignore that goal for Konya, I felt like defensively we played an amazing match. Uh, offensively, we were uh, not very good, uh, and I really thought it was going to end in a nil-nil. But we uh, had possession, Ken. <laughs> Once again, <laughs> let me do that. Let's let's wrap it up with some stats, just because I, I actually think here's a case of the stats kind of reflecting the match. Um, it was 9-7 to seven as far as shots in Besiktas' favor, but Konyaspor only had one on target to Besiktas' four, and that's telling because it's true. Our defense hounded them. They didn't get any clean efforts except for that first one, obviously, that was called off. Um, possession. Yeah, I'm just trying to think which their which shot on goal was even. I can't even really remember. Uh, oh, wait. Yeah, no, Farouk Mia had one that hit the post and went out, so that won't be it, I guess. Maybe so... Karius had one of those innocent saves on a trickler or something, you know, something that didn't really stand out. Don't remember. But uh, possession, of course, went to Peshitash 60 oh, I to remember. 40. A clean cut 60 to 40, which actually I think is similar to the Slovan Bratislava result as well. Ironic. I think it was exactly 60 40. Um, I remember the shot now. It was in the first half on a corner, and a uh, good save by Karius, actually. There you go. Of course, because that's our main. It was in between, a, in between a force of legs, so it's always difficult. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, that was good. Um, 628 passes by Besiktas completed to their 416. 83% accuracy to their 73. I mean, Konya didn't play poorly. And again, that's reflected in the score. 1-0. It was, it, was eh, it was a match. I didn't think they were really good, honestly. I mean, I think we just... I think we had them in in under control for 90% of the match. Uh, I mean, I thought yeah. it was a fairly typical kind of away match in Konya, honestly. And I think... They were very I unlucky I, not to have... I wouldn't I think, say that. They, they probably aimed to, to catch us off guard early and attack, and they, they yeah, succeeded exactly, but that's in theory. That's usually what we see with them. Like I, I always feel like the away games in Konya is they, they kind of overwhelm you and storming at you, and like kind of what happened with the goal, but that kind of happens... I don't know. Like uh, I, I didn't feel like it was a typical away game in Konya at all because I felt like we had control well, but I think of the match pretty much throughout. Typical as far as the result and the kind of gritty, the grittiness, but no doubt... I think with Abdul Avci, you're going to always be around 60% possession. You know, you're always going to have that kind of field dominance. At least increasingly, that's the case. You know, that's definitely how we're playing. And obviously, the, the, the oh, good we, news... We, we played like... I mean, we had a lot of possession with Channel 2, so... True. I mean, Remember, I it was, it was off and on. I, we, we were better when we had less possession than when we were a little more humble and, and sort of played our, our opponent like like they were better than us. Yeah, but that was in the bad periods. Eh? When when we had our golden period under under Chanel, we were also a possession team that just played at a higher tempo. Uh, you know, especially that first year with the, the supposed tiki-taka football we played. I mean, we had most of the ball then too with uh, with uh, Atiba and then Ozan having like a 90% passing accuracy and like a 75 average passes per match or something like that. So, you know, or 80. So, so I mean, speaking of yeah. Ozan and Atiba, and maybe a great segue to the next match. And I think topically as well, because whenever you talk about a team that has a lot of possession, uh, but doesn't score a lot of goals, uh, that's problematic. But so following that Konya score match, Against Kaiseri. Now, 
a little less possession, actually, ironically. Statistically, we only had 55% of possession in this match, but that's also because we were playing ahead for so long. Um, mm -hmm. Besiktas came into this match with Kaiseri, uh off back-to-back -back victories, as we spoke of already. Yeah, and four wins in the last five in the league. Yeah, but, but still, I think what we could call largely disappointing play, lots of possession, not a lot of end product, and boom. But I mean, were we, were we assuaged, made to feel better today? I think uh, that, that's easy, easy to say. Um, let me set this match up because I think this is our highlighted match of the week, probably for this episode. Uh, the lineup, relatively unchanged. Uh, Victor Ruiz was. Sorry. Injured. He's, he's, he's close to first half of the season, unfortunately. So. Uh, he won't be play We won't be seeing him again until uh, I guess uh, February or late January. Yeah, and and I alluded I so. to this, but so the the the, the we can definitely say Enzo Dorco is the third choice at, at, on at there yeah. because he started in this match again. Solid work. Uh, Gokhan Gunol is back on the right side, so that would suggest he wasn't injured against Levan, as you said, and had simply been rested. Janer played on the left side. That was perhaps the one surprise for me in this week's. Uh, formation. John Air played instead of Robosho. Again, we saw Elnani and Atiba. Why not? Uh, and we saw your, as you said, uh, or I should say, Abdullah Abshi's preferred top four in uh, Adem Liyayic playing behind Burak with Nkudu and Diaby on each mm -hmm. flank. So again, no Tyler Boyd. No shock either. Um, but yeah, I mean, a pretty... Mm -hmm. Standard lineup, except for maybe Robosho. Did, how did you feel about the Robosho sitting, benching? I think it made sense here. Uh, oh, sorry, I think it kind of makes sense here. Uh, you're up against uh, Kaiser Sport, a bottom team in the league, uh, who are obviously going to park the bus uh, early on. They're going to mm, try and okay. keep you at bay and, 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 and keep the, the nil. I think it then makes sense to start with Chandra at left back because... We know that the reputation of Rebosho is also up to be a good offensive back that has a good cross and everything, but we haven't really seen much of that yet. And we, we know uh, so what we're getting with Chaner in that regard. So. Yeah, exactly. I think it makes sense that you start Chaner just in, in you know, because you're anticipating a team that's going to uh, go go and then and, and kind of uh, park the bus, like I said, and kind of barricade themselves. So you're go you you assume, you're you know you're anticipating that you may need those Chaner crosses, and as it turns out, actually. Actually, we ended up uh, benefiting from one of those uh, genre crosses. Although it wasn't a typical early genre cross, it was more of a backline genre cross, which we don't see very yeah, often. Yeah, which, which we haven't seen, which we used to see once upon a time. Yeah. Um, one uh, one uh, note that I would like to make note of: um, Muhayer Oktay was on the bench. I don't I don't know if he's typically on the bench, but I noticed it, and I was even hoping we might even see him, especially when he had a nice lead. We, but whatever. In the but league, we're allowed 10 players on the bench, so he is uh, very frequently on oh, there. Whoops. I just noticed him there, and I thought, oh, maybe since we have such a nice lead. When we, when we were up 3-0, uh, I thought maybe we'll see this character. But I hope know. to see him against Erzin Janspor. Well, and so let's talk football. 20th minute, Atiba Hutchinson. I mean, really, Burak Yilmaz made this goal. Fantastic setup. Yeah. Um, although, again, you know, Atiba, nice little, nice yeah. little move. I... When I saw the goal, 
in real time, I'm like, oh my god, what a clumsy goal that is. It's a tip, it's such a shithouse Atiba goal. You know, you just know that like, he's going one-on-one -on -one with the goalkeeper. What a lucky finish. And then I saw it in a replay, and I'm like, Whoa, oh yeah, my yeah. god, that was actually a classy finish. Because mm -hmm. he, like, I, he's kind of falling but he manages to lift it over the leg like a proper striker finish. It was really good. The only difference with a with a, if it would have been a, like a perfect striker finish is that that would have probably had a little bit more pace behind yeah. it. Uh, I think if their defenders would have read it a little bit better, maybe they could have cleared it before the line. Uh, but no, it he was really well. really good. And he was finish. like, while falling, uses momentum to kind of hold his man off, and I mean, it was everything about it. Ended yeah. up being quite it nice. But I, just perfect. like you, when I first saw it, I was like, okay, whatever. Clumsy little finish. He did it. But then, yeah, on second, third viewing is very nice. Kudos um, yeah. to Atiba, who at 36 is still incredible. Probably our MVP on the season, but whatever. We're not even ready to go there. Um, second goal, probably the most fortunate, at least as far as like things happening. Although, I mean, I think it was also pretty clear goal one way or another. Gokhan Gunul puts it away. Uh, it, it made contact with the defender who I mean, Gokhan Gunul sort of skidded low and it hit up off the defender's foot and in probably helping his cause, but I don't know. At the same time, it was a it was a definite chance. I didn't have the impression that Lung had much of a chance to exactly. get there, though. I, That's I how I felt. It was a little bit uh, yeah. I think he wouldn't have gotten it either way because he was kind of like grasping for any, you know. I, yeah, no. But uh, the the big uh, controversy here was uh, that the ball, whether it uh, crossed the line or not, but it, it didn't. I mean, it did. Uh, but of course, the ball is, uh, is 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 a round object, so uh, you you know the the rule states you have to look at it from the top from the eagle view, and it has to completely cross the line. So if you look at it from a certain angle, and it's like it looks like it's crossing the line, but like the body of the ball is still hovering above the line, that is still considered in play. And now, of course, in the VAR era, uh, we can check stuff like that. So. Uh, yeah, again, we benefit from a VAR being in play, yeah. I think. And, and that probably would have stood, I think, even pre-VAR, right? But I don't know. May, uh, they didn't flag it. I mean, had it been flagged initially, they, uh, certainly. But, but anyway. Yeah, but they're, they're told to wait and see, so maybe he would have afterwards called it off. Yeah, and, so, and, but so I, my I, only comment about this goal also is that sometimes, even when a goal is deflected, you still got to give that guy credit who puts it in because... It's close enough and put in with enough force that it's really, there's no way it's not going to be a goal. And I think this was a case of that. Uh, Gokhan Gurnul. Oh, this was, this was definitely on Respect to you, GG. Um, this wasn't, uh, this wasn't Radamel Falcao hitting the ball, hitting a defender and hopping over exactly, the goalkeeper. Yeah, exactly. And that's why, and, you know, if Falcao gets that goal, this, this, Gokhan definitely gets this goal. And so there we are in the 30th minute, up two goals. And just 10 or 11 minutes later, in the 41st minute, finally our yeah. man Burak Ilmaz breaks his duck. A nice little assist from El Neni also. Uh, El Neni, you know, I remember Evran, a frequent co-host of mine, always criticizing El Neni's ability to pass the ball in sort of in any sort of attacking way. But here we had him. He doesn't, yeah, he doesn't pass it forward too much. I do agree I with, with Evran there. But... And I think that's... that's uh, part of our tactic but here we had him doing just that at a nice through ball to Barack Yilmaz who really 
Uh, put it away nicely, honestly. It was kind of a sideway pass, honestly, and Borag just rams it in. Yeah, it was a nice finish. Uh, um, yeah. Great finish. Good finish. Good and finish. there we have it. And I, it's not even halftime, and Besiktas has a 3-0 lead. Yeah, and a very active first half of Burak Yilmaz. I didn't always like what his decision-making. I think he was a little selfish at times. Obviously, he gets an assist. But I think he had uh, two or so moments where I think he could have played the ball into uh, one where he could have uh, played it into Dia before uh, a one-on-one -on -one opportunity. But he decides to shoot from outside of the box. Um, and there was just a couple of moments like that where also one of those where I think we had like a counter opportunity oh. and, 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 and Kuru was on the left and Brug just completely um, yeah, ran in his way and took the he ball really off wanted of him. And I'm just, no, but I mean, he, yeah. the thing about it but if is he, that... If he wants the goal, then be in the goddamn box and let them Kudu exactly. service you. But I, he, wasn't, no. he was a little bit too greedy to get the ball, uh, dropping down deep, uh, moving out to the wings, uh, kind of... I don't know. Uh, he does that a lot anyway, because obviously Burak was a wasn't always a striker. He was a winger in his early, you know the first six or so years of his uh, Super League career. So he, he you know he still all frequently goes out to the wings, and that's not a bad uh, that's not a bad habit to have as a striker. Uh, I know a lot of coaches like that, but I, I just felt like sometimes he was running kind of in the path of other players, especially with that one uh, situation with Nkudu, which just like, yeah, that just felt... I actually felt a, a weird confluence of emotions going into that half, because you felt great to be up 3-0, could have been five be or playing six. dominantly, yeah. But that was also very weighted by the fact that I really sort of angrily felt like we should have been up by like six goals, maybe. And it's not the first time a couple of we what, 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 what match? Oh, right. Uh, which was that the match that we won 2 won a couple of weeks ago? Um, was that yeah. in Antalya? Yeah, in Antalya, where we're 2-0 up at halftime, I think, and we really should have been up 5-0 or something. Exactly, yeah, exactly. And, and, and then that, that one goal, and suddenly it's like yeah. way yeah, too exactly. heart-attack-inducing as it needs to be. And of course, today we didn't reach that yeah. stage. I Perhaps the 3-1 uh, you know, evoked Came too late. emotions, but uh, yeah, it really didn't. Uh, stir me too much. I, you know, I was kind of like, ah, of course, well, this is going to happen. We're never going to have a clean one. But yeah, worthy of well, knowing it's, it's Emmanuel last, Adebayor. We have kept four clean sheets in our last six games, so... No, I know. I just mean, it's it's too much to hope for. Uh, like, no, I know. Like, yeah. that's just too... It was too good. There I was just, too much positivity at that stage. My first inclination whenever we concede a goal in a match like this is, oh, I bet Karius is fuming. Because yeah, I, yeah. I just know he wants that clean sheet. You know, it, he really does. Like, I don't know. I, I I just I think he's he, I think that's something uh, not all goalkeepers really care too much I think most goalkeepers care but I think Karius does uh, I think he it kind of pissed him off uh, I, I wouldn't think. be surprised because like he, this guy has been such a rock for us and he's he's saved so many goals that didn't seem important but then like at the end they really tally up and, and result in bad things happening so yeah no he's he's been a rock for us and he he deserves those sort of moments the the statistical benefits that come with clean sheets and all that but in the end yeah uh yeah, let him just Adebayor's, keep shutting up those haters 
I did by your score to, to, to bring them, I mean, hardly within breathing, just honestly, because it 86th minute. And in the 90th minute, Barack Yilmaz, on a great assist by Ozan, uh, puts it away. And he immediately points at Ozan, which I really liked, because I know, we all know Ozzy's been on a rough... Yeah, but already form. before the goal, he was doing that. He was already like, I think, I don't remember exactly what it was, like a, like a... Uh, I think maybe just like the corner or something. I don't know. And he was already like patting Olsen on the back. Like you could see uh, that, that that he's trying to help get Olsen some confidence. Lift um, him back up. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that was great to see. Apparently this was his first assist since like 2016 or something. So, 2016 um, or 16, yeah, something like that. Man. So that's years. great oh, to but... see on the one hand. Um, you know, he had a pretty positive performance maybe even. You could say... On the day, yeah, uh, I don't know. He just I, doesn't stand out anymore. I, I really did feel that as soon as uh, Nkudu, Diaby, and um, who was our final sub? Was Leitch? Did Leitch go off? Diaby came on. That was it. Guven Yelchin came on for Diaby. German Lanes came on for Nkudu. Right, right. And then Olsen um, came on for, for Atiba. Atiba. And I really did feel like those three, like, I, I instantly felt like the quality of the team dropped. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I mean, the Atiba yeah. on anything is, I, I can't really explain it, because they're, they're clearly I think it, defensive. Honestly, I think it was mainly Guven and, uh, and, and Lenz who just didn't do anything right. Ex except for Guven actually won the corner that led to the goal. But uh, Guven and Lenz were unlucky in uh, their performances and also had a couple of half decent moments but Lentz didn't really do anything positive I think and then Guven apart from winning that corner was his usual self you know yeah kind of spastic quasi spastic now he's I mean again it, it was a great Ooh, performance sure. <laughs> <laughs> he just seems so disoriented like when he needs to be not disoriented whatever but yeah I just want to see him play in a team. Uh, I just, I, re I really, 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 really hope Ahmed Nurchibi and uh, Erdal Tornolare are going to make work of uh, a feeder club for the t for the club. I would be, uh, content, yeah. We've been saying that since we started this podcast, which is already now. I've been saying it, I've been saying it for a decade or something. I don't know how long I've been saying it. And I thought it was finally going to happen when Under Özen was at the club and we were actually in negotiations with Rousselare in Belgium. Like, concrete Yeah, that was actually happening, man. <sighs> yeah, that was happening. And then it didn't. And uh, I was so disappointed. Well, so let's, let's, let's wrap up Kaiser. Statistically, now this match... 24 shots by Besiktas, 13 on target. I mean, that's so, for Kaiseri, 7 and 3. Uh, possession went 55 to 45 to Besiktas. But again, Kaiseri had been down 3 0 for so much of this match. You look at that sh the shot, 24 shots. Come on, it just says everything. So clearly, we were dominant, uh, even though we'd sort of given up a bit in possession. Um, uh, further of note, 87% pass accuracy by Besiktas. Credit to Kaiser, they actually can, they had an 82% pass accuracy. Um, 533 passes to their 439. So they wow, um, they Surprising. were very efficient in a, in a funny way. But I mean, they clearly just didn't have enough. I mean, we were just overwhelming. We we they, there was a certain momentum that carried us through this whole match that they could not match for sure. 
<laughs> and it's, it's probably also in large part, like you said, because we were uh, having in, in the, we had a handsome lead at halftime, and uh, you know, in, for the first ten or so minutes in the second half, I felt like we were still pressing and looking for that fort, but then it didn't come, and uh, we started playing with the handbrake on. Of course, we have some players returning from injuries like Nkudu and Burak Yilmaz, uh, and, and we weren't taking any unnecessary risks uh, because obviously there's still four matches left uh, in 2019 before we head into the January break, um, and then some players can get some much needed uh, time to rest and recover and whatever uh, but four more games four more important matches for us uh, I think it's normal then when you're leading handsomely 3-0 that you don't go for 80 minutes and press 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 and run your socks off every exactly. single time and, and you're winning and by three it. goals right like, yeah come on. and again what's so, great is that we responded to all of that with a goal right so when they did finally score a goal and credit to Emmanuel Adebayo or whatever. Uh, we then came back, despite the fact that we didn't really maybe even need to, uh, and, yep. and put in that extra goal just to sort of assert that our was, dominance, uh, show our good, confidence. Good for, for Burak again to just boost his confidence a little mm -hmm. bit more because mm -hmm. uh, we're going to need him going into these uh, four matches. Uh, he's going to need to stay fit. Uh, I mean that's that's important. That's key. If, yeah. if we can keep... Obviously, we already lost Victor Ruiz, but I just think if we can... Uh, not have any more injuries if Burak stays healthy then we have four more matches um, in which uh, you know 12 more points to be earned yeah uh, and it goes it a long great. way as far as him as a leader of this team for him to be the guy lifting up Ozan you know like that that, that was yeah. just a great gesture from our, from our captain um, so yeah, then, let's yeah. wrap this thing up Khan. it's really late night for you though. very late night for you um, and so I don't want to keep you too long here. I mean, I, th I think we definitely, one last note. So we, we've got a big win there. Um, we've got some big matches coming up, and I'll let you talk about that briefly. But first, I just want to say, after this result, Besiktas stands in third place in the Turkish Super League behind Sivaspor, who's on top with 27 points, Basakşehir here on 25, and then there we are, 24 points, and alone in third place. Trabzonspor has 23, Alanyaspor and Fenerbahce have 22, Yeni Malatya and Galatasaray have 20, going all the way down to 8th place, where Galatasaray is currently sitting. So, Besiktas, sadly in 3rd place, who would have thunk it? Look at us, look at us here, sitting here in 3rd place. Khan, I'll let you, yeah. uh, I'll hand it over to you to, to say anything additionally about like ma upcoming matches and, uh, you know, take us out, but... Yeah, good. I mean, good. Just well, generally I good. Good week. There's. We have a couple of. We have four more matches uh, left. Of course, we still play. Uh, up up next is Kasim Pasha. Uh, and then we still have to play Fenerbahce, Malatya Sport, and Genshterberli. So that's four games. Uh, I like we said it before. There, there are no easy games um, in, in 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 Turkey at the moment. Um, it's, it's all difficult. Uh, but in theory, at least on paper, I think Kasim Pasha and Genshterberli are teams we should be beating. Obviously, Kasim Pasha is kind of like our our, our black sheep. Um, if you will, I mean, we we always struggle. We always seem to drop points against them. Unfortunately, um, it's been a while. I think since we we we, we got away with a win there. Uh, there's also the added, um, yeah, just the added uh, 
effect of, of, of Quaresma being there right now, Mustafa Pektemek being there. I mean, I'm sure those guys will be looking... Um, I, I mean, I, in regards to Quaresma, I think it's kind of an advantage that, that Fikret Oman is gone now, actually. He may not be as... Um, How bad determined. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, I mean, next week... Kazan Pasha, tough match for us, but honestly, we're on a we're we're on a good run right now. Um, yeah, I mean, I hope we can win that. Uh, and I see, I see Yeni Malatya as I saw Alanya. They're in strong form, but I still feel like yeah. we could. I hope we can get a good result there. I mean, I, at least I expect us to perform well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I I hope so. It's um, also a home match again, sh- which is worth. We- yeah, exactly. So we have, I think, Fener and Genshterberly away. Yeah, I mean, uh, Fener away, of yeah. Fener away is the big. We haven't won there for. since two thousand and four, I think. So that's a long ass time. Um, but I think if we can just not lose, that's a that's a bonus for us. Uh, and then, I mean, I mean, huh, you know what? I have to I have to say this. I have to give uh, Abdullah Avci credits because I think a couple of weeks, ago, a while ago, like let's say a month or two months ago, I think we both said here that it's just it's just getting to the, to January with the most amount of points as possible, but th- that it was over for him, and that I I I literally said um, something like uh, I I just can't see him uh, right the wrong anymore. You know, I just can't see him. Uh, Rectify well, it takes what's a, going on. It takes a big man to own up to being wrong. <laughs> well, I mean, I still think that he's he's not. I mean, he's not being perfect. I don't think it's a hundred percent down to him that we're now being successful for a bit. Great. I think we're the subs are just we had bad a, as always. Honestly. Yeah, I think we've had a uh, we've had a relatively easy schedule. Although Konya away is tough, we had Galtzray at home as well. Um, it's a shame we dropped two points against Ankara Gaju, really, but if you look back at the situation at the time, I think Burek was missing and Kudu was missing, Diaby was missing. Uh, so it was, you know, a difficult circumstances for us, but still, it's unfortunate we didn't win that. But, I mean, four games remaining in the first half of the season, I think all, I think three of those are definitely winnable in our current form. Uh, you never know in a derby yeah, what can happen. That. But that, yeah. yeah, so I'm not even going to predict that. But let's say from if we can get like nine points from those four matches, we're on 24 points right now. That would bring us at 33 points. That's the highest total at halftime and uh, uh, at the halfway mark in the last three years. Because last yeah. season, of, of shouts course, out to Shenol business- Gunet, sir. Exactly. Yeah, we had an abysmal 26 points and last season. And we should season, get better we... than 9 points. Let's, let's be honest. I want 12. I want well, 12. I want at I, least 10. I need 10. Of course. Of course we want 12. I need 10. I, think... I want 12. That's what I'm going to say. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think um, I think if we get 10 points, we are probably going to go into January as the league leaders. Um, if not, we'll be behind well, maybe someone not. who we should or, or expect second, to Or end. second place, maybe. I mean, we'll, we'll have to wait and see, of course. But uh, Sivaspor are, of course, I think, on a five-match winning streak. But Let's go! Yeah. yeah. Anyway, <laughs> who would have thunked, uh, like, over a month ago? Um, who would have thunked? Yeah. It's incredible that we are... 
of course, we're benefiting from the fact that Fenerbahce are dropping points left and right. Trabzonspor aren't are dropping some points. Galatasaray, of course, are have been terrible so far. Uh, but it's so close right now. Um, uh, yeah, it's it's very difficult to predict. If you would have asked me if 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 we had a chance at the title. Like a month ago, I would have called you crazy. Look at us. Look and at ex- us sitting you know, here. And, and, sitting and right now, I'm place. Who would have thought? I love it. Yeah. Uh, no, this is great. Honestly, what a I turnaround. If we, get, if we get 10 points from our next four matches, we're, we are going into the second half of the season as favorites, which is crazy. I would even make the argument that I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if like the bookies had us as favorites now, honestly. Which, again, I don't think we should get too excited. We're definitely not playing at our peak, but... Uh, just given who's ahead of us and the momentum we have. We have to be realistic and we have to look at who we beat. Today's victory should not make us crazy. No. We only beat Kaiseri Sport. They are literally the worst team in the league right no, now. No, but I just mean from the bookies' perspective, right? It's, 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 like, if you're looking yeah. at the three teams and first, uh, the top three teams, Besiktas is obviously the sort of historical the, the successive successful side there. Yeah. And then on top of that, they have all this momentum and etc. I mean, I, yeah, I'm not saying we should agree yeah, with the but, bookies. I mean, but... Fener, Fener are just uh, two points behind us. Uh, Trabzon just one point. Uh, Galstri four points. So, I mean, uh, so many things can happen. It's, I think, honestly, this year's title, I think, is going to get decided in the January transfer window. Mm-hmm. Who makes the best moves? I think that's going to well, be and key. And also, in, it's going to be decided in, in how... Senor Falcao uh, returns. Uh, that would, yeah, that would but be I mean, decisive for them. If if he yeah, if he's a yeah. real stinker for them, that's that's gonna that means Galatasaray is basically not a factor, right? It's it's all about the next four games. How many points do we collect? How many points do they collect? And then what do these teams do in the window? Do they fill? I mean. I think Trabzonspor kind of have their team together. They just have to. I think they could use a, like a little bit squat depth uh, uh, quality injection. That's what they need most. Um, I think Galatasaray, obviously, right now with their injuries, uh, they need a striker badly. Um, but I think <laughs> so they would have then Diagne, Mitroglu, uh, Falcao is the fourth too. I guess if they bring in another, that would be the fourth. Don't laugh, Sino. Well. Don't laugh. You're gonna you're gonna jinx shit. Okay, uh, okay, <laughs> fine. Can't even have a little fun. But uh, and then you know, Fenner. I think honestly, I don't know what Fenner really needs in the window. Um, I think Serdaz is 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 doing well right now. So if he stays fit, they have a decent. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I soon you now, man. I, I don't I don't know what they really need, honestly, Fenerbahce. They don't I don't think this they is... need need a, a transfer, but obviously See, they they aren't that great either. This is exactly I remember at some point last year when we were talking about firing early, too early, and I said the the, the run the risk you run is you end up hiring Ersun Yanal and you give him the extra year because it's like, oh well, he did pretty well for the rest of this season. So let's let's you got you get fair thing. Fa- fair is fair. You got to give him a full year. Mm. And I feel like when you look at Fener on uh, you know on paper, why are they not? Why are they not in first? Yeah, touch. they we, should we, be. They we have threw no threw away. We threw away that first half of the season. We had five garbage, games. trash fire in the first half of the season. Yeah. So where is Fener? It's like it was theirs. It was theirs. Yes. It was written in the stars for them. It, uh, it could still be theirs. 
but uh, yeah, yeah, they should enough, be Fenerbahce right now should probably be six points clear or something. Uh, you know, they had didn't have European matches to compete with. They had a good transfer window on paper. They have a good team, I think. Um, they had a little bit of uh, misfortune with injuries in recent weeks, but I think just they're very. They're, they're just not they're deep enough. They're, they should be deep enough. Yeah, they're just not have. They're just not playing great at the moment. Obviously, without Fedat, uh, last week was really tough, and then this week he came on as a sub and immediately made a difference. But you know, they, yeah. I mean, I think a Fener, Fener fans will argue that they they had some bad decisions uh, go against them, but they've also had the favorable decisions go against them. So uh, we've all had that to say. We've all. I think we've all kind of had that. I think. Um, yeah, no. I it's I it's it's I, I honestly I don't know what to expect of this season. I think this could be such an amazing season for us if we end up winning the title, but at the same time I'm not expecting it yet. Yeah, no, I mean it's all it's it just feels like bonus because I had we'd all written ourselves yeah. off. This season know? was over. Yeah. It was over and now we're And in not just place. our season, like the whole everything was over because it was like the yeah. whole plan put in place was thrown into disarray we were back into like back to square one and throw it into chaos remember we're murphy's law like everything yeah. but Man, that was like, true at the time it absolutely everything was, true. Like, was not going even anything wrong remotely inaccurate about what we said at the time it, it's i mean it's almost as insane as what happened in the second half of last season <laughs> i i just <laughs> you know? i just well mm, no i think this is this is this is this 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 it's takes, big, this, is mass, this is a miracle. I don't. I mean, I I never in my wildest dreams I would have thunked that Abdul Abchi could turn this around like this. No, um, it's, it's I, such a credit. I, I, I know. I, mean, I, I know. We said, or or I said that we need oh, that we need to go on a run, but I didn't actually believe it was possible just because of the dreadful football we were playing. Um, we yeah, just seemed but, so dead and like buried. But it just goes to show you if we would have had Burak Yilmaz fit from the get-go, if we would have had Adam Laich fit from the get-go. Not just Burak. I mean, yeah, there's so many every, yeah. like, people needed to relax. Burak, we actually kind Leich, of suggested it, right? Atiba, like, they all there missed was so like the, the whole squad, if we look at the how many different formations we had that three-match suspension for El Nini too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah we just huge. then i mean we the came in injured missed the beginning of the season like yeah. there, there's so like uh, it was it was uh Every, it was so much going against abdullah afchi uh, like and i i really liked that after the match today that the fans called him and that he it was a t- kind of a touching moment and the, the players were celebrating with the fans and and uh afchi for the first time really i think in his career um was greeted by uh, i'm not gonna say a full stadium but it was i don't know decently full uh thousands uh, tens of thousands of fans calling him to the stands and and greeting him and uh chanting his name i think that must have been the first time in his life that 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 he's had that happen uh yeah um yeah it's uh i don't know um i'm I'm not 100 convinced yet of afchi uh because, like we've said, he still does some stuff we don't agree with. But, I mean, who are we at the end of the day? Um, yeah. As long as he keeps winning. Um, yeah. Plus, I mean, I do like kind of the, the plan we go into in the match. Plus, he, he I remember Hugo telling me uh, when he had a sit-down interview with Abdullah Afci. That Afci told him that, uh, explicitly, uh, my first year at the club is all about... 
establishing the defense and he's doing that that's happened yeah that's definitely i mean with a new back line too that's the i said in the beginning if you think about it, i mean at least one side of it is constantly new in terms of uh victor ruiz and uh and i think Wosha. anything that we can do in this year if we can somehow manage to win Anyway, there was a technical malfunction there, and the call went down with Khan. But we were wrapping things up anyway. Uh, final comments are, you know, keep up the hope, everyone. There's still so much to play for. Stay tuned. This coming Thursday, Besiktas will host 24 Erzincanspor in the Turkish Cup. First leg of the fifth round. Uh, of course, next Sunday, Kasim Pasha will host us, Besiktas. Uh, at 11 a.m., the Turkish Cup matches 12.45 p.m. These are all New York Standard Time. So that is going to be, I think, 6.45 in Central Europe, where Khan is on Thursday. Uh, and even earlier, uh, for the coming Sunday match against Kasim Pasha, uh, we will get back to you shortly with the next episode. I don't know if it will be this coming Friday after the Turkish Cup match. Uh, perhaps it will be after the Kasim Pasha match again just so that we have some more content to discuss. But as always, stay tuned. So much to get excited about now. Finally, I know Khan will feel the same way, uh, and I know he'll apologize for, for uh, getting dropped out of the call there for whatever reasons, for internet issues he's had. Anyhow, folks, follow us on Twitter, at Besiktas underscore I-N-T to follow the mothership. Besiktas International. Follow us at Eagles underscore podcast. Follow this podcast uh, with content directly related to this podcast. Follow me at Sir underscore rights underscore a lot. Follow Khan at Razerian, R-A-Z-Z-E-R-I-A-N. And uh, yeah, man, do not forget to leave any comments that you feel are necessary Leave us questions to discuss on the podcast. Uh, you know, whatever you're feeling, honestly. Uh, if, you, if you want us to do something differently, let us know, as always. And, of course, I have one important thing to say. Go Basics! We'll see you again next week. Peace out, everyone. Shiktash International hopes you enjoyed this program.